0: All right, well, welcome back, fellow Freedom Fighters. This is Crystal McKenzie. I am one of the big fans of Freedom out there, and I'm with uh, Stacey Stone here. Another huge fan of Freedom, right, Stace? Yes, I absolutely (laughs) am. It's one of the uh, most important things in our lives, and we find ourselves here in episode 13 of the Free Kit Martin podcast. We do want to say listener discretion is advised, but what we're going to be doing is discussing the details surrounding uh, murder, domestic abuse, military, maybe civil corruption possibilities, among other matters that could become triggering to some people. So, uh, listener discretion advised, and everything discussed here today is our opinion and our opinion only. We do this for content purposes, for entertainment purposes for some people, because there's a lot of sort of armchair detective type people out there trying to figure out mysteries like this, and so for you, and for educational purposes as well. We keep this conversation going 24 don't we, Stacey? At free kit martin podcast now there's a facebook page youtube we are very busy on tiktok and uh, now we have instagram and we just started on instagram you can always hit us up at free at gmail.com now like i said i'm crystal mckenzie i am a radio host of 40 years my partner here is stacy stone and not only are we huge advocates of freedom, but we uh, love that Stacy is a part of this because you were married to Kit Martin for how many years?
1: I was married to him for 13 years. And I will add that, you know, that's what first got me interested in wrongful convictions. But as I have been involved with it, I'm learning more and more the changes that I feel need
0: to be made in the justice system. It's just horrific. It really is. You and I are learning a lot about that right now. It's overwhelming sometimes and it- <laughs> I wonder if we've uh, missed our calling in becoming lawyers i'm sure a lot of people find themselves in that sort of battle when you can sell a house or when you can sell everything that i've sold over 40 years of radio can you imagine all the different endorsements and and things we have the selling opportunity you know and i think half the battle on the on the kit martin case stacy was they just didn't have that storyline that you and i know is so important
1: i think so crystal because i think and again, this is our opinion and we're not attorneys, but yes, sometimes I wish we were because it's, it's often difficult to understand the conversation going because we don't understand the process often. And to me, it's some of it, in my opinion, is irrational. The, the length of time that people have to wait and, which I know people are busy. Uh, the justices are busy. We're not the only case out there. So it's, it's just an incredible amount of reform that needs to be done. Right. So yes, it has, it's become a strong interest to me. You know, you have spoken to me about other cases and it makes me want to be able to dig into them too because I see such... As I said, reform that needs to be done. And, you know, that's one of the things, the conversations that I have with Kit is that that's one of the things he really wants to do when we secure his freedom is he wants to get out and help
0: other people that are wrongfully convicted. Amen to that. Amen. And he's helping so many people inside, too. I hate using those words that you've always heard in movies, too. You and I find ourselves using the words that we hear Kit using, like inside. And, you know, I've been inside now, you know, for so such years. And it's, it's just, um, man, it's such a culture shock. You've seen him in the last few weeks. How does he look these days?
1: It was a little culture shock for me the first time that I went to visit. Uh, but this last time, I felt like he looked better and... You know, he's keeping his hope alive and he's being able to work, you know, in the chapel where that's what he feels like now is his calling to do while he's there is he's studying the Bible and he's sharing that and teaching that with people and preaching. And and he actually is going to be, from what I understand, the dean of the chapel there. They've offered him that job. And, you know, I read a comment, Crystal, on one of our postings that just because he teaches people about the Bible doesn't make him innocent. No, that fact alone does not make him innocent. However, his character and the trial made us believe he is innocent. And, you know, I feel I've known him over 30 years. We were only married 13, but I've known him a long time. And I absolutely
0: know he's innocent. So, you know, well, the trial proved his innocence in that they had nothing and but they uh w- it was just so chaotic it wasn't uh, plain and clear to everyone that they had nothing they had two pieces of evidence that they kept waving in their faces uh one of which you and i debunk on a regular basis and that's the dog tag uh what they actually marked as exhibit number one I mean, think about that. That was like, hey, here we go. Here's the dog tag. And I just put a a video up, too, up on our YouTube channel. It's also up on our TikTok, showing you the close-up that Mark Reed, that Detective Mark Reed took of that, he called it kite string that it was on. He didn't know if it was kite string, but it sort of looked like silky kite string. And it was laying up there with Cal's wallet, one of the victim's wallets, that, uh, That Rocky Marlene Larock had already seen on the table, or no, she didn't see that on the table. That's what Pam told her. She's like, "Well, his wallets and keys are right here on the table." From
1: what I remember,
0: Crystal, she did see it on the table.
1: Now, again, I'm doing this. This has been a while ago twenty twenty one that he was convicted, and from what I remember. Marlene LaRock, and we'll have to go back and check that testimony, but I believe she did state that she, when she was knocking on the door, one of those times she went back to the house that she peeked her, because the door was wide open, and she peeked around and saw his wallet and his keys laying on the table. Well, in, in one of the, I believe it was one of the officers, one of the policemen. I'm not going to call anyone out because I don't recall which one it was. But they showed pictures. And at that point, they showed the wallet was on a shelf beside the dog tag. That says to me, someone wanted that dog tag to be found because obviously someone's going to find the wallet. And so I don't know at what point that was moved. Uh, but yes, and speaking to the dog tags that you brought up, and, you know, there's nothing, I mean, we know this, we've got the regulation. There's no way under God's green earth, the sun, that those are military issued dog tags because they are not in proper military format. And that is just can be proven. All we have to do is pull up the regulation. And we have that and nothing about that dog tag matched army regulation. As a matter of fact, if I'm if I recall if I recall correctly, the dog tag, you know, it states your religion and it stated Catholic. And I'm just gonna put this out there. Chris was never
0: Catholic, but Joni was. Oh dear. All right, so there you have it with the dog tag. We have the regulation number and we went over all of that in the last episode episode number 12 and we called it the bs they call evidence that is the name of the episode so check that out when you get a chance again we put all of this stuff up on youtube as well so if you want to go watch some of the videos that we're talking about i want to go back to sort of the timeline here okay so you were blessed with three children with chip martin they're all very cool amazing adults now um you are also grandparents, and he has not been able to meet any of them, right? Any of the grandchildren?
1: That's right. Because that right. the
0: state of Kentucky had other things in mind. Now, we're going to get back to the state of Kentucky here in just a minute. But after an amicable breakup of you two amazing souls, Stacy and Kit, they went their separate ways. And then you entered Joan Harmon into the equation. She entered Major Christian Kent Martin's life. And that was pretty much the beginning of the end for Major Martin for all intents and purposes. Then you're going to learn here very soon in a couple of months, Emilio's book's going to be out, Emilio Corsetti, I Will Ruin You. It's going to be released about 60 days from now, late March. Now, the catalyst... As uh, Mrs. Martin said, I saw that in a video recently. It's the perfect word. catalyst behind this entire tale began the day that Kit Martin found Joan online, little dating site, and they began a relationship.
1: Boy, did it ever. It changed everything. It absolutely did. Like you said, it changed the dynamics between us. And, you know, we were, of course, you get divorced. You didn't get along. I mean, of course, you have disagre- disagreements. Of course, you... Don't see the same things in the right, you know, the same perspective. But when you brought, we brought, you know, Joni became in the equation. It was, it was awful. Eight years of awful. And, you know, it speaks to some people want to know why am I helping him? Well, I believe he's innocent. I know he's innocent. But the other part of that is, you know, we obviously have a trust for each other. And now he sees that the things that, Joan had stirred up between us that there was just there was just no truth. She just kept telling lie after lie after lie to keep us at odds with each other, even to try to
0: alienate him from his own children. My God. So eventually Kit found out he was going to be deployed. You know, he's an Apache helicopter pilot. Yeah. So they got married just before the deployment. And one of the reasons you do stuff like that is well, you're going to be deployed if something were to happen to you. You just want to make sure that everything's taken care of, you know? I think it was because he was going back into the
1: military and, you know, they wanted to be together. And that was, you know, there's reasons for that. You know, if you're going to be together, you almost have to be married.
0: Now, after a few months of being married to Joan, he began to see a pattern. She accused every person that she ever dated or married of these unthinkable crimes against both herself and her children. And then she began to make those assertions about Major Kit Martin To anyone who would listen in the small town of Pembroke, Kentucky, the small town of Elkton, Kentucky, and the semi-small kind of big town of Hopkinsville, for that matter. And she had previously made a vow to Kit right in front of your and Kit's daughter, that she was going to ruin him, which is where the book, you know, which is why we have the book name I will ruin you and paraphrasing. You know I will not you know what was it that she said? Something to the effect of I will ruin your life, I'll ruin your military career, I know how to do it.
1: If you divorce me, I will ruin your life, I will ruin your military career and
0: I know how to do it. And boy did she ever. Man. So she has this photo, right? And she shows it to everybody interested that'll look at it. And it's of her son. And God bless the children. I don't know what it would be like to have a woman like this raise me. I mean, just, you know, kind of pure evil, man. But anyway, her son had a picture of welts on his back or something, some sort of injury to his back, maybe even a makeup job. Nothing was ever really done about looking into that when that picture was taken, what camera it was taken on, you know, which I thought should have been looked into. But that picture was being shown to everybody who, shown rather to everyone in Pembroke who would take a look at it. And she always had a story with it. This is the most abusive man. And she turned him into that military killing machine that we found out later the prosecution was going to use against him as well. So this guy goes out and fights for our freedom. This is the part of the story that, that upsets me the most. This guy goes out and fights for our freedom. And then he comes back to our country, who waves our freedom flag all the time. And our country takes his freedom away in this way. I mean, that is the part of this that enrages me and, and, and inspires me to keep speaking about it, to keep talking about it, to try to find anybody in the world like Joni did to, to hear our side of this. You know, we do have
1: two different perspectives, but the same at the end. We both know he's innocent, and we want to secure his freedom. I think you see more, Chris, the military veteran, and maybe that's not as abnormal to me because, you know, he was from a military family. I was in the military. So to me, from my perspective, it's just about a human being, a human life, you know, whether they served in the military or whether they did not, it's wrong when somebody's wrongfully convicted. And you can look through the trial, the entire thing, you can find that on demand on court TV. But if you watch it close enough and you watch it and you
0: rewatch it, you will hear the inconsistencies in testimony. No, they don't. I'm trying to find the inconsistencies. And put them up against one another and then just play them for you on social media. That's all we can do is show you what happened at the trial. Anyway, Joan had a knack for lying. She was pretty good at it. She had a couple of daughters. Uh, their father, Carlos, w- was uh, she was uh, apparently described as a Guatemalan special forces expert. His knives were The weapon of choice, right? Something like that. He was always after her with a knife.
1: She told Kent that he was, yes, a Special Forces Guatemalan soldier and that he was trained to, he specialized in killing with knobs. When we met Carlos, we found out he was a very nice man who actually worked as a forklift driver.
0: So then she paints the other one, too. There's another ex named Michael Atkins. And that is her son's father. And uh, he was a dead man. Uh, he died in a, in a logging accident. And um, then uh, apparently, I guess, Kit's investigators found him, right?
1: Yes. And she had told her son that his dad had been killed in a logging accident and was decapitated. Oh. He, he very much still had his head attached and was alive. Again, outrageous like the Roman whip. Some way she had changed Michael Adkins' son that we know as Elijah. She had actually legally changed his name. He wasn't born with the same name that he goes by now. And she was able to manipulate the system
0: and get that done as well. So this woman vowed to ruin Kit Martin. He asked for a divorce, and she just wasn't having it. She made good on the promise. She's like, if you divorce me, I'll do this. And she started the process of the court-martial. Now, to the rescue came a couple across the street who Joni referred to Pam as her second mom, and Cal, he was just incredible. That's what she said to one of the news teams. Joni allowed Cal to help her move.
1: They turned in, she and Cal... And I believe that she actually presented this to Cal or Cal may have, you know, not to speak poorly of the deceased. But this is just what we believe. Or, you know, Cal used to be a staff sergeant in the military. Perhaps he had a computer. I don't know how that computer came about. But from what I recall, Chris had never seen this computer. And they took they took it to the military. We're talking about going forth to the, let's make clear that we're talking about the court-martial, which is tainted Chris or Kit in a bad light. But what the jury didn't know, what the public didn't know, is these two cases were very closely connected. I don't know that that point was ever brought
0: a, across very clearly. but And I think that that's what Emilio's book is going to do really well, you know, is kind of point out that Those are not only connected, that it really started before the court-martial. He was set to testify in the court-martial, which was to occur in early December of 2015. And sadly, before Cal could testify in the court-martial, he was brutally killed. And so was his beautiful wife, Pam, and their very fun-loving piano-playing, loyal next-door neighbor, Ed Doncero. Now, since Joni was involving Cal in the proceedings... It was assumed that he would be testifying on her behalf. And on November 2nd of that same year, in 2015, two weeks prior to the murders, Kit Martin's private investigator and an L.A. area homicide detective went over to talk to Cal.
1: Two conflicting reports that he gave two different investigators. And, you know, the one that we have the recording of states that, No, he didn't know anything. She had never told him anything about any sexual molestation or any abuse of her, that he had never seen it is my understanding. And I do want to back up for just a moment when you said that they turned in a laptop and some CDs. Yeah. That first accusation that was made against Kit was that he was a Ukrainian spy. Now, how ridiculous is that? Wow. Wow. Her accusations that she made, I did run across a document where she had actually said at one point that he was gone. And I don't know the names of all the towns or cities or counties or whatever you call that in the in the Ukraine. But at that time, when she said he had made a trip, there was actually during the time that our third son, our third child was born. And I know very
0: well he was with me. So it's apparently kind of an easy thing to do, from what I understand, to get paid a six-figure deal from the military if you scream abuse. Do you know anything about that?
1: There's something called
0: transitional compensation.
1: Now, I don't know the exact amount, but what I had heard, and again, I haven't seen this in writing, it's hearsay, but that she stood to gain a six-figure compensation amount if they had won against all those charges in the court-martial. And as we know, as that turned out, and I'm sure you'll get to that in the story, but she didn't win that, and she didn't get the
0: six-figure compensation, but she definitely was trying to. Right. Um, The investigators, by the way, did let Cal know when they spoke with him a couple of weeks before he was killed uh, that the Army knew that he and Joan were having an affair and Cal did not deny that. In fact, he an, he answered kind of with a so what and laughter. That's uh, exactly Kit ordered,
1: what he said. That's exactly yeah. What he
0: said. Uh, then Kit ordered a congressional on JAG for unfair treatment, and that got him into some more trouble. That actually got him in trouble with the command of Fort Campbell. And so, you know, Kit ordered another congressional or Article 15 or whatever you call it, even against the command he was not going to admit that he did anything wrong and so right. that's where all of that came from he was they were trying to kind of force him in to a false confession kind of a thing
1: yeah and let me if you don't mind speak to that it's definitely called a con- congressional an article 15 would be something if it was against a soldier and so i ran across a document that from the court martial that Chris's fiance at the time, she had actually signed an affidavit that she had heard those prosecutors stating that they knew, and I'm paraphrasing, but that they knew that Joan's testimony was not reliable, but they were going to continue to make those charges that Joan had accused him of just to keep the court-martial going. They took the, and, and his fiance said that on under oath on the stand that she had heard that statement and she signed the affidavit. Those two prosecutors got on the stand and said they never made such a statement. However, when it actually got to the court martial, they did exactly what that statement said they were going to do. They dropped the charge, some of the charges that Joan had made so that she would not have to take the stand at that court martial.
0: Didn't you take the stand at the court martial?
1: I did. I didn't get to stay on there for very long. But well, uh, what, what what happened? What did they ask you? Chris's attorney he just first he asked me some background of how I had how I had met Kit, Kit. Could I speak to his reliability, his trustworthiness? And I said, of course, yes. And then they got to and his attorney said something to the effect of, "Do you think you know Joan Harmon?" well enough to speak to her honesty. And just before I knew it, it came right out of my mouth. And I said, she is the biggest liar I have ever met in my life. And- <laughs> oh my- there was an objection. The judge
0: found out
1: <laughs> I didn't know I'd said anything wrong. I thought we were just trying to get at the truth. And when it, got, when it got to cross-examination, the
0: prosecution said they didn't have any questions for me. I'll bet they didn't, honey. I'll bet they didn't. So- okay, so... Here is what happened essentially. Once Joan's kids were caught lying on the stand at the court martial, uh they were talking about it in the hallway, saying things to the effect of, I hope we did what mommy told us to do, kind of a thing. And there was a lawyer standing nearby, and um that lawyer intervened, thank God. And yes. um yeah, that so that changed everything. About thirteen charges were dropped, and that left two misdemeanors. Kit was uh, kicked out of 30 years of exemplary service in the United States military and ordered to serve 90 days in Leavenworth. The guy had made it to rank of major and was an airborne ranger. Airborne rangers lead the way. And I'm telling you what, I get chills all over my body. Yes, the military part of this is why I do it, Stacy. Uh, But anyway, uh, Kit was a military hero. He's now a civilian. So what did he do? He began flying for American Airlines as a commercial pilot until it became crumbling down one day at the Louisville International Airport.
1: Let me make sure we interject that it was actually PSA that he was flying for, which I, I think, if I'm not wrong about that, that they were owned by American Airlines.
0: But it was actually PSA. So he became a pilot for American Airlines. But yes, it was PSA Airlines. That was the smaller regional that hired him for American. Yes. Oh, okay. So I want you to walk us through that day. What happened on May 11th, 2019, Stacey? It was 1,270 days, I counted, after the murders of his three neighbors. Your ex-husband is now being arrested in this very high-profile way in Louisville, Kentucky. And I want to know how you found out about it and just walk me through that day.
1: Well, you know, that has been a question for me in my mind, because I think all the questions in the trial that they were asking, Chris, about what were you doing at this time on this date this many years ago? And I'm thinking I have a really difficult time myself remembering that far back. And I believe, if I'm not mistaken, I got a call from my parents because Chris Kit, to speak to his character, had actually, after he was arrested, he tried to call his parents and they thought it was a prank call because he's calling from, you know, a, a jail. And there's so many fraudulent calls and scams out there that they just assumed this is a prank call and they hung up. So then he tries to call my parents and Uh they thought it was a prank call and they hung up. So I'm not sure who, who actually told, you know, how that information got back to all of us, but we just thought it was a joke. No way. So from what I remember, what I've heard is that, and again, this is secondhand knowledge just from reading and putting things together from what people have told me he's walking into the airport and he's looking around and he sees all these, you know, police officers and people with, you know, guns and badges. And he's thinking, what's going on here? And he's looking around and all of a sudden it's him. They take him down and he has no idea. And so they haul him off and they arrest him for the murders. And that investigation apparently had been going on for years. To my knowledge, they didn't have anything that they didn't have on the day of the murders in 2015. So I don't know how that came about, but they ended up charging him. And then once they charged him, he tried to call his parents and they thought it was a prank call because... You know, nobody's expecting Kit Martin to get arrested for anything. You know, this person had never even had a speeding ticket in his lifetime. So then he can't, his parents hang up and he tries to call my parents and they thought it was a scam and they hung up the phone because
0: they didn't really think it was the truth. So that was on May 11th, 2019, again, 1,270 days after the murders on May 19th. So May 11th was the arrest May 19th, he entered a plea of not guilty. He has remained to this day his innocence. And there was a plea deal offered to him. It was like 5 to 13 years, which is must be the going rate for a triple murder in western Kentucky.
1: He stood so strong in his conviction of, I didn't do anything, I'm not going to confess to something I didn't do. And so as a matter of fact... He didn't even tell any of us until after the fact that they had offered him a plea bargain. But five to 13 years for three murders,
0: they knew they didn't have a case, but somehow they still got him convicted. Pleads not guilty on the 19th. And by the way, just side note, Attorney General Andy Bashir won the primary to become governor that day, on the very day that he entered his not guilty plea. May 19th. By the way, Indy Bashir was a big part of getting this all going in that he made the announcement from the attorney general's office. Now, as many of you know, Indy Bashir is the governor of Kentucky. So anyway, I digress. So he goes through the arraignment. Okay. That happens on May 22nd. So just a few days after he enters his not guilty plea, he is now in this arraignment. And, um, One of the things that we just posted on all of our social media platforms was the fact that we did see the lead investigator of this case, Scott Smith, laughing. I mean, straight up laughing when Kit walked into the room.
1: Oh, it was horrible. I had not seen that until you posted that video. And I thought to myself, what kind of professional, even if you 100% had had seen the murders, who would be standing in a courtroom and
0: laughing? Come on. So then he goes through arraignment. It was straight up disturbing. A year later, so his arraignment was on May twenty second, 2019. In May of 2020, so it took an entire year to get a bond hearing. Yes. And Stacy, you were on TV. There were tears just streaming down your face. And I knew every reason. Now that I know you, I really know all the reasons. I mean, you are a picture of strength, sweetheart. And you sitting in that front row, just being the cheerleader there, I can't thank you enough just on behalf of the family, on behalf of everybody. And and really on the behalf of a big-hearted man like Kit Martin, I know what it meant to him. And not only was it you, but there was a whole army of you there supporting him that day.
1: Well, you know, Crystal, for me, it's about, it's about Kit. It's about him. But you know, our marriage ended over 20 years ago. This is more about, I know this person is innocent and I am a very big proponent of Right versus wrong, and I just could not believe the man that I knew. I knew him not just as a soldier, but as a person of integrity. It was, and one thing I would always say about him: anybody that would ask me about Kit Martin, I would always say the thing about Kit Martin, which I called him Chris back then, is with him there was always he was always was either black. Or it was white. There was no gray with him. His integrity was just unquestionable. So I could not believe that we were sitting in this courtroom. I mean, how does something like this happen?
0: So fast forward now to June of 2021. The Commonwealth of Kentucky takes on a former decorated Army Ranger, Christian Kip Martin, for a triple homicide. This is six years after The murders, they're taking him to trial. The attorney general's office took the case instead of Christian County. They were also the office that led the way on the arrest back in May of 2019. The AG's office orchestrated this entire charade. You may ask us why your guess is as good as ours. Uh, We can guess.
1: Amazing to me, Crystal, because backing up a little bit to the scene that day, it's when Chris or Kit came into the airport and he saw all these policemen, and looked around to see what was going on, not realizing it was about him. There was already media there with their cameras ready to go. Yep. So I'm just going to leave that right there.
0: Yeah. Think about that. Now we don't know how 12 people, these are Kit Martin's so-called peers, could come away with a guilty verdict on this trial. We couldn't believe it. There are thousands of people behind us in Kit's army who still can't believe it. That 12 people came up with a guilty verdict. I couldn't, I still can't believe it to this very day. That is a triple homicide. Put him away for life three times. I am speechless. And so, as Martin Luther King once said, "Injustice anywhere is a threat to justice everywhere." And this, to us, is one of the biggest injustices of our time. Don't you think, Stacy? I
1: agree completely. Although, and we've talked about this some, it has totally made me aware. It's not just Kit Martin. It, it, there's injustices. It's all over our country now. It yeah. is just. It's just horrible, and you know, I think, you know, you mentioned that we couldn't believe 12 people came up with that decision because, you know, according to even Court TV's Facebook polls, 88% of those people watching that trial thought he was innocent. So how did 12 people come up with the agreement that he was guilty? And the only thing I can think of, Crystal, a couple things. Although our defense team, you know, they presented everything that they could get in without objection, but they didn't really have a storyline that the jury could follow. And I just think it was chaotic and it was all over the place. And the prosecution, however fairy tale it was, they did present a storyline that at least the jury could maybe follow a little bit. And I, I just think it was just too much, and so they said guilty. It's
0: unthinkable to me.
1: Well, I'm going to say something else. And I was there and I witnessed this. So it's not hearsay. It's it's not opinion. It's fact. I sat in that courtroom. And I saw jurors, at least on three different occasions, three different jurors sleeping during the trial. Now, you tell me, if that was their brother or sister or son, would they be sleeping during a murder trial? I mean, that's ridiculous.
0: I mean, that doesn't make any sense to me that that would be allowed.
1: I could not believe it. And, you know, I saw at one point, I saw two jurors sitting on the back row, cannot get the vision out of my head, One was nodding his head, falling asleep. The other one took his elbow and nudged him, and they started laughing at each other. Do you know how hard that was to sit there and watch that happening, knowing a man's life was at stake?
0: Oh, my God, Stacy! What an absolute nightmare. Hey, I want to hit a couple of other cases that are going on around the country. Uh, Well, really around, also right there in Kentucky, Bardstown, Kentucky, Nelson County. Several people have been killed in that little county. And um, so we started looking for a woman by the name of uh, Crystal Rogers who came up missing uh, years ago. Uh, we're talking, you know, another one of those cases that's uh, several years old. Like Crystal Rogers uh, coming up missing. And then her dad, who was one of her biggest voices, out just hunting with his grandson one day and killed and um, murdered out in the middle of the woods, and then a few other people in town. So they now have in custody Crystal Rogers' boyfriend. His name is Brooks Halk, And Brooks Hawke's brother was part of the police department. He was kicked off the police department. Nick Houck is his name. And those are some interesting interrogations to watch out on YouTube. If you ever want to see what small-town Kentucky, for lack of a better word, alleged corruption looks like take a look at the brooks hawk and um most especially his brothers uh testimony they took um lie detector tests and you know basically uh, you know his brother, the police officer, told the lie detector guy just to stuff it up as you know what. So, uh, and and so it was just one of these uh, fascinating. So they they are holding those people accountable now. I don't know that Nick has been arrested, but they are pointing. The prosecutors have Brooks Houck in custody now, and it took them all those years. So there's hopefully. Some justice going down there in Bardstown, Kentucky. Now, the other one is the Delphi murders. I'm here in Indiana, and this happened seven years ago on February 13th, so we're coming up on the anniversary. Two teenage girls, beauties by the name of Abby and Libby, brutally murdered on a railroad trestle. You've probably seen these pictures in the true crime world of the big railroad trestle. It did take six years to arrest who they called Bridge Guy, a CVS manager in that small town. His name is Richard Allen, husband, father. He gets charged. Info gets leaked. The judge gets mad and uh, fires Richard Allen's attorneys. Okay. So the judge is mad. She fires the attorneys and they take it to the Indiana Supreme Court. He gets his attorneys back and now they're calling corruption out in the state of Indiana here, in Delphi, and I could not be happier about this. Um, they are looking at all kinds of stuff right now on the Delphi murder. So uh, we don't know that, that Richard Allen is the guy. He's the guy that has been charged but whether or not it's corruption is going to play out in a legal way. And I was really proud to be from the state of Indiana with the way the Indiana Supreme Court handled that. They're not going to allow this corruption. That is positive for all of us of Kitt's World because corruption is starting to be called out now. And I mean on a much bigger scale uh, uh, in this true crime world. You know, I'm not talking about politically. Uh, that's a, that's a game in, in, pol- in politics. You know, I'm talking about in this world, this little true crime world that is on the internet. Um, those are the biggest stories right now. And these are stories. It, it's almost like in Delphi, I'm watching the same almost thing that happened to Kit, only they're not going to allow it to happen to, to Richard Allen. But there was all kinds of leaked, you know, information uh, and all of that. I mean, again, it's the guilty until proven innocent um, and uh, that is not the way we do it well, here
1: it's really it's really sad and i want to say this for the kentucky supreme court you know we're waiting on a decision from them and i was thinking about this last night because i went back to look at the first time the appeal was filed and to see how long it took us to have an opinion back and it was a year and one month now I thought about that and it's aggravating for us because we're waiting and to us this is the most important case going on but I thought there's so many other cases out there is their workload too much I don't know what the problem is but there is one uh and mm-hmm. in our United States of America but you know the Supreme Court you know imagine all the cases that come before them and they've got to make final, you know, opinions on all these cases. And that must be a very difficult place for them to be in. So I yeah. just pray and hope each day that we, they will make what we know to be the right decision on the Kit Martin case.
0: Yeah, that's what I saw with this Indiana Supreme Court thing with the Delphi case just recently. It gave me hope for mankind. I'm not even kidding. And a lot of other people out there covering what we feel like is corruption. And our our country's falling apart right now, Stacy. And I know you see it. And we see it firsthand because we're watching an innocent man serve time in prison. And it's like, what a heartbreaker that he has never met his grandchildren, your whole family. My prayers go out to you. And I know many thousands of other people out there are right there behind me praying for you and your family because you guys are victims here, too.
1: Well... I don't feel so much that I'm a victim because I haven't been married to him in over 20 years. I mean, to me, he's a friend and he's innocent. But for my children and grandchildren and his aging parents and his sisters, you know, it's heartbreaking. And it would be bad enough as a human to look and see somebody that if someone whoever had done this, It would be heartbreaking to me to know that a family was going through this, whether they were guilty or whether they were innocent. But for me to know that Kit Martin is innocent, and yet his family has to go through this each and every day, every holiday, every, you know, his mother, I know she just, she is going to be going to see him soon, but, you know, it's just. It's just very sad, and I, you know, when I went to see him, you are allowed, and I'm grateful for this, you can give them a hug, the prisoner a hug, when you first get there and when you start to leave, so I'm just so grateful that she's going to be able to do that, but it's so sad that our system is so busy, cases built up, that it takes them so long to be able to. They've got their workload, is what I'm trying to say. Their workload is so extreme that it takes them so long to be able to get to these cases and give an opinion. But I might add, if these cases were trialed correctly to begin with, that might take care of part of the problem.
0: Oh, yes, right. I mean, having to go back all over this again and not having gotten it right to begin with again, I don't know how 12 people came up with this. I don't know how that's even possible. If you want to see the Kit Martin story, just watch uh, Christian Martin versus Kentucky. It's on demand. All you have to do is go to your Google, Christian Martin versus Kentucky, and the entire trial will come up for you. I highly suggest on your next road trip, whatever, take a listen to the trial. See for yourself. Let us know what you think. And be looking forward to the book that's about to come out, Emilio Corsetti, and I Will Ruin You. This is the twisted truth behind the Kit Martin trial and uh, mm, man, that's a game changer. That's coming up here at the end of March, Stacey.
1: It is. And Emilio investigated the story. You know, he didn't form an opinion, guilty or innocent. You know, he, he wasn't someone that we as a family knew. He just wanted to write this book and he writes books about wrongful convictions and he has other books out there as well. And he just wanted to investigate this without forming his own opinion. But by the time he's finished investigating this, you know, he goes and he walks the crime scene. And, you know, which is more than I can say that, in my opinion, the attorneys did. And yeah. and he investigates and he comes up with his theory of what happened. And, you know, he says he 100 percent believes that Kit Martin is innocent.
0: Oh, man. Amen. And that's where we all are. So do join us on social media. Uh, we just ask that you follow us, like it, like it up, you know, do all the thingies that you do with social media to keep those algorithms going. It's really important to um, the cause. And we are in a cause here. Now we have a couple of change.org petitions going up because many years ago when this first came out, somebody put one up that we didn't even know about. And then there's another one at change.org backslash free Kit Martin that my old partner, Mick Marlowe, put up. So, uh, yeah, we, we need to be using those. Make sure you're signing any of those and all those petitions. You can sign more than one. Uh, it's free, takes a couple of seconds. Again, change.org and look for the Kit Martin trial and see if we can't make a difference there. I know, you know, that first one has a couple of thousand people on it already, which is pretty impressive, you know?
1: It is impressive. and. You know, please like, subscribe, and share. Help us get the word out and keep Kit Martin in the lot. And we will be, at some point, if you go back to Court TV, I made a statement that we do have new evidence that I am not at liberty to discuss. And that is the absolute truth. But we cannot jeopardize his trial when we do become scheduled for one. But, you know, follow the case. You're going to find yeah. some Facts that we've uncovered.
0: You haven't lived till you've woken up thinking about the writ of habeas corpus, and you know what that is, right? <laughs> hey, it's so great to hear your voice again, my dear friend. I can't wait to talk again. Thank you so much for all of your insight here. And again, if you want to talk to Stacy,
1: 931-273-9724, and I welcome your calls if you have any questions, the ones I can answer publicly. I will do so.
0: Great. And always hit us up at freekitmartin at com, And we are under all the social media platforms as the Free Kit Martin Podcast. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time.